Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me over Zoom again and not in person is Brandon bringing you another episode and the first episode of me since I've returned back from the Buckeye State and that's all I got. How was your journey to the Buckeye State? Was it something to remember? No, it honestly wasn't. It was a... I, I, well, I guess on this topic, for those of you who are listening, when I, I, was, I went to Ohio for a week, and I got on a plane, and I was a little nervous to do so. I made a YouTube video where I actually talked about this briefly, but it's, a, it's definitely a weird experience to fly right now. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely have my reservations for that. But uh, I guess just because this one wasn't memorable, what do you think are your top five most memorable trips back to Ohio? Ah, top five most memorable trips back to Ohio. That's now, Brandon. That is quite a long list. But what will be very high on this list is the inevitable Brandon goes to Ohio. Now, that's that's a vlog I want to see. I saw someone today reply to a comment that I made on your um, your Halloween video uh, when you like <laughs> toured those like haunted places. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I said, but I just was like, "What the hell? What's this random reply to my comment?" Dude, uh, on that on that topic, I that's my most watched video right now. Like that oh, really? that video is getting like hundreds of views every single day, which is a lot for me because I don't get those types of numbers very regularly. Like when I drop a new video, I'll get hundreds in the first day, but the fact that it's just consistently getting that is like pretty cool. That's uh, interesting. What do you think it is? Apparently Red Dead Redemption, like there's a level that's based on it. Mm. Or something, and then there's a documentary on it. I, I don't, it feels really weird to me. At first, I was like, are people just looking up scary stuff because of the pandemic going on? I was just trying to, to figure that out, and I really don't, I don't know on that one. I think that's a good example of just putting things out in the universe. Like, you, like you just put things out there, and especially with it being so timeless when it's on the internet specifically, uh, at any point, just something random could spark. Like, you're getting hundreds of views on a video you posted last October. <laughs> Dude, 100%. This is something I talked about recently on my live stream. Is I'm just like, yeah, I just put stuff out there. I'm not a perfectionist. If I have an idea, I put it out there just to see what happens. Because you never know. My most watched video didn't pick up momentum on the view count until, like, six or eight months after it came out. And, like, this Halloween one has been pretty similar. Like, about six months later, it started getting... Maybe even more than that is when it started picking up the momentum, and I have no idea why. And that's why I feel like sometimes you got to just try things and see what happens. It's, like, better to do something because it might work. I don't know. And we're back. We have had some issues with doing the live stream so we're gonna do it not on a live stream for the rest of this episode which may or may not affect the quality of the show maybe it'll be even better less pressure just a couple of guys having a conversation i, I don't know I do what to get, expect with that I, I get really nervous when we're we're on a live platform those I, big audiences of like six people at sometimes six I, just, I don't even know what this i don't know what to say anymore honestly arrange like two to six people i'm freaking out 
I can't handle it. So Dude, that and that's so inconvenient because that's the exact range of what we have watching our shows. So I get it, dude. I'm. That's the only thing that brings me comfort is like knowing that at, at the very least I have you to fall back on of understanding my perspective. But I mean, even that, it, like when I think about that logically, obviously it makes sense. But when I'm actually in the heat of it, it's you know, it's tough. It's hard. It can definitely be tough. And to be honest, I don't even know what I was talking about before. But whatever <laughs> I was talking about, I'm sure it was great. It was fantastic. And make sure you write at EMG Pod to show your uh, follow-up thoughts on whatever it was that I said or potentially what Brandon said too. But Brandon didn't even get to talk too much before we got into this technology incident. And, you know, this is one of many that we've had over the course of recording 109-plus episodes of the Everything Must Go podcast. We are resilient and we'll always be back again recording no matter what. It doesn't even matter what we're doing. We'll find a way to make it happen. Even if Steven's got to show up in his MTV shirt, he's going to be there. How many times do you think you've worn that shirt for the podcast? I'm going to guess like one other time, maybe? That's what I would I don't, say. I honestly don't know. I think you have maybe a, two other times? I think you have a more vast wardrobe than I do. I think I've worn this purple rain shirt like six times at least. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I try to I I had a thing where I always wanted to wear something different for everything that I recorded and then I was like that's stupid. That's just not that's not a good idea. That'll be too difficult to try to keep up with. Yeah. Well, man, if I screw that up, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah, what what do you think of people cuz I know I've listened to some celebrities talk about how they will literally get an outfit wear it once and then get rid of it. What do you think about that? It's obnoxious. I mean, it would be kind of cool. Like, I would love to never have to... I mean, to a certain extent. But I also, like, there's certain outfits where I want to wear, like, all the time. Like, when I get a new outfit that I just feel super fresh when I wear it, I want to wear it all the time. And I definitely will wear it a lot the first, like, month that I have it. But I think it's, it is a little obnoxious to literally wear an outfit one time, and then that's that. <laughs> so... I remember I back in school, and any time that you'd get like back to school clothes, you get these new outfits. You'd be like, for that first week, dude, you're feeling fly as a motherfucker, and you're like, All right, I'm back to to athletic shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> That's all. I well, it, it 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 always was. I mean, it 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 does change like your mentality. Like when I feel good, like when it's when I feel new and fresh, it's like really a thing. Like right now, I don't feel so new and fresh because I haven't bought like any clothes or anything. Like, what am I gonna? Why am I going to be buying new clothes during quarantine? It just it didn't really feel like it made a lot of sense. And now I guess I could because I'll go out and do some things now. But I, I don't even know how you can you can say that when you're wearing as relevant as a, of a t, uh, T-shirt as MTV as the, the main logo. How, MTV how do you not feel is as relevant. In it. it's, all, it's as relevant as ever, to be honest with you. <laughs> Did you watch that show Next on MTV? Yeah, horrible show. <laughs> used to make me so mad at just how superficial everyone was on that show. Dude, it's uh, I go back and watch. Uh, the, they post some clips of it on TikTok now. And um, when I watch it, I'm just like, man, these actors are just absolutely awful. They're like, they're so robotic and their reasons behind things are just so obviously scripted. It's like uh, not in any circumstance what I uh, do I think I'd hear anybody say like this sort of rejection to somebody. No, it's yeah that show used to make me cringe a lot. I hated it. 
I hated all reality TV shows for the most part. I've never been a big like the biggest fan of reality TV shows because I know that they're pretty much all fake. And I watch I like content that takes me away. It either takes me away from reality or it like it shows a side of reality that I actually enjoy. And reality TV shows do neither of those. So you would say like documentaries would be an example of a side of reality that you might enjoy or something. Yeah, like those types of things. Like I loved watching The Last Dance, and it's not really a reality show, but like it's about something that is real, and I like that because I feel like it's inspirational. It's you get to see a window into somebody's life who I genuinely admire something about, and that's really cool for me. So I like, I like. I mean, as a kid, my favorite books were either the really intense fantasies or were the biographies. That's kind of how I've always been. I either like want to be completely taken away or I want it to be very, very real. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've actually had a little bit more of a sour taste towards documentaries, I think, ever since I watched Tiger King because, um, I mean, you even see it within The Last Dance. Like, obviously, Michael Jordan is producing The Last Dance, so he's going to paint himself and his team and stuff in the best light that he possibly can. But I, I think sometimes we get... Uh, I guess I don't want to make a claim for everybody, but um, I, when you get, when you feel immersed into this world that the documentary brings you into, um, we kind of take it as an education piece. We take it as like uh, fact. But I mean, like if you watch Tiger King, it's a bunch of people telling you what they say is fact, but they're all fucking full of shit. They're all trying to paint themselves in the best light and. Uh, even the people that are making the documentary, they're still people, so they're capable of, of painting the picture in whatever manner they uh, they see fit. So it, I've had a little bit more sour of a taste towards documentaries as of late. I don't know if that's... I'm just becoming more cynical in my old age or something. <laughs> no, you're definitely becoming more cynical uh, in your old age, but... Later in uh, today's show, we'll be doing a Spotify segment, and Brandon's already let me know this is probably the, his favorite of the songs I've chosen for him to listen to. So it's not all uh, gloom and doom. On today. I feel like we've been kind of negative so far on this episode, but there are some uh, positive developments going on here, and uh, I'm looking forward to your, hear your thoughts on that. I think that's going to be the only segment, unless we whip something up really quick, like... Uh, kind of happens sometimes when I get a thought in my head or you get a thought in your head, like state capitals. We, didn't we do a state capital thing before? We try to guess the state capitals. Uh, that sounds really familiar. Well, we, we have Under a Rock where we it's just general trivia of things that we probably should know. I think maybe a couple capital things. I don't know if we've ever done exclusively state capitals. I don't. I don't remember though. We've honestly I mean, done so a many lot sh- of episodes. <laughs> I was gonna say there's so many shows now. I'm just like, sometimes people will talk to me about, oh, when you talked about this in that one episode, I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was my. Those are my. Thoughts. I wonder if we went back and listened to some of the episodes, if we'd ever be like, I, I said this, I had this thought. Like if we, if we've done this for long enough, <clears throat> where our view on something has changed like radically. Well, I, I remember when we were doing the year in review, um, the after our first year of having the podcast, and we like we had clips from previous episodes. There were a couple times where I was like, you know, 
I feel like I'm coming at this perspective from a very personal and emotional place. And now that I'm out of the emotion of that situation that I was using to draw from, I don't know if I agree with my point of view. Um, I, I don't think I ever had a situation where I outright was just like, no, you're a fucking idiot, Brandon, for saying that. But there were some times where I questioned, do I, do I still believe that or, or what? Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's in some ways it's like signs of growth. If you're able to change your perspectives in that short amount of time, especially because I don't feel like in either of our cases that we're just like easily manipulated into changing our views. Like there are some people where they do change their views very often and it can be a bad thing. Like it's good to be able to change your views, but if just someone who you look up to can easily change your view on something just like that, that might be a you problem then. There's a, there's definitely like a fine line on this. Well, that's a good point. I, I, I've thought a lot about the balance of that because you, you want to simultaneously be open-minded but have strong convictions uh, in, in some ways. So it's like I, I don't want to be so flexible that I just like, oh, yeah, I believe this this week, and then next week I believe the complete opposite. Um, you know, I, I think that that would be tough to even – uh, go forward as a person like what what do I even stand for like what do I what's my purpose what do I uh, how, how can I even make any claims towards uh, an opinion on something if I'm, I'm that flexible but at the same time you don't want to be so rigid that which I what, what 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 do you think is more common do you think the the uh, easily uh, manipulated or easily impressionable people are more common or do you think it's more common for people to be so rigid that they're not uh, willing to maybe uh, re-examine their their thought perspective and possibly change. It's a great question I've thought about before because what we have going on with COVID and the race racial tensions and the election coming up, there's a lot of things right now where you see how people are very strong on one side or another side. And I have been trying to kind of figure this out on most people who are very strong on one side or the other. Is it because they're doing it to like be a part of something? Is it their, their upbringing that led them to like, just basically been trying to figure out like what's actually leading people to have these types of thoughts and what would it take to, to get someone who thinks this to think that because it doesn't seem like you see very often where someone moves from like one extreme to the other extreme. Like you might see them move a little bit, but it's like a rarity to see like a complete flip. I really don't know which one is, is more common, but I think that this extends into a lot of things. Like I think that some people are more easily impacted by their environments than other people. I think that some people are more, uh, and, and with that, they're just like more likely to be impacted by peer pressure or to care about other people's opinions. Everyone's motivated by different things and everyone's impacted in different ways. So it's, I don't think I even have like a best guess on this. What, what about you? Well, I, I think that there also, another factor is probably age too. You know, the older you get, you're probably more likely to uh, get set in your ways because you've had experiences that you've built your uh, you know, schemas and worldviews off of, um, you know, when you're younger, I think, uh, in, in so many ways you're, you are so 
green to experiencing the world. And so I, I, I'm guessing those people are, I'm not guessing, I would, I would argue that those people are much more impressionable. Um, so I, I, I think that you probably have, uh, that a little bit. I, but yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, with what seems to scream the loudest in society, it seems like it might be more common that people are more rigid because I, you know, when we talk about the division within the country, it's like, oh, it's this side versus that side. Um, and even I, I think that your point about the groups thing is is important because you think about like Republicans and Democrats or liberals and conservatives. That's such a broad term to like completely capture somebody's entire viewpoint on on everything. And it seems unrealistic to me that anybody would agree with every single thing that that broad group has to say but you get people who outright are like oh i'm absolutely democrat i'm absolutely republican um and uh it's it it seems illogical to me i and i almost feel like when you get into those groups you then uh you you subscribe to the ideas that might be that might you might not feel strongly about but because you believe X, Y, Z in this group, oh, I guess I'll also believe A and B because I already am over here and I already got X, Y, and Z. So might as well sign up for this. It's not like this critical thinking to, like, what, what do I actually believe? How do I actually analyze this? It's, well, I'm in this group. This group believes this. Uh, I don't feel strongly about it, so I guess I'll just be okay with that. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's exactly true. It's been something that's always been very baffling to me because I know that there's people who just decide, I am a hardcore conservative or I am a lifelong Democrat. And I don't think that, like, while I think it's it's great to stand for something, I do wonder sometimes, does that actually just impede your ability to have critical thoughts on all aspects without just deciding that you put your thoughts into this bucket or into this bucket. And I mean, and it, it, I, I just, I quite frankly don't understand it. And I also don't understand why it's so important to subscribe to one or the other. Like it, it, to me, it doesn't really, it doesn't really solve a specific problem other than Unfortunately, in the United States, there's a two-party political system that has completely dominated our country since the very beginning. So, with that said, if you don't pick one side or the other, I guess you could make the argument that you're really not standing for anything that really matters or anything that's really pushing society along. So, maybe that's part of the reason why people feel that types of pressure. I just think, as I talked about before, that people love to just simplify complex problems by making them by making the chaotic seem more systematic yeah well i think uh you also uh, you see the flip side of of people wanting to subscribe to these broad groups you see the flip side of that where when people are in these groups the group that's opposing them they automatically have all these judgments about what everybody in that group believes. Um, 
you know, liberals will just automatically say, if you're conservative, you're a racist, white supremacist. You know, if you're conservative, you'll you'll automatically say liberals are snowflakes who are socialists. Like you get these huge, broad, generalized terms. Um, and to a certain extent, I somewhat understand it because people are generalizing their ideas to fit into these groups. But I think both groups are, are guilty of it. Um, and I, I, you know, when I think about it psychologically, I think um, I think probably part of it comes from a place of comfort in uh, in numbers. Like when you think about uh, or comfort in just like agreement, you know, I think when you think when you talk about confrontation or, or debate, I think it's it can be uncomfortable for a lot of people to um, to have these critical thinking discussions where you know you might disagree with everybody everything that somebody else says um and maybe you're both democrats or something you know whatever uh but it just feels so much better to be like yeah you believe what i believe hell yeah dude i I believe that man and just getting bumped about it um so i don't know i think uh I think there's probably that comfort aspect. I think, uh, you know, the, the old saying, the misery loves company. I think um, even in, like, uh, if, if we're going to go down, we want to go down with, with people at our back. I, I mean, I'm kind of broadening this concept out in, in itself. But I, I do think that this is the problem. I think a, a big problem, and we're probably beating a dead horse at this point, but with the the – two-party system um in general is just like you such a a broad group to reflect supposedly every single one of your ideas and your worldviews and um i think uh i think the system being set up that way is um almost desired though like i i don't think that people you know, people look at people like you and me and say that we're overthinkers and that, uh, you know, we need to calm down with our... And not to say that they're always wrong. Like, sometimes, yeah, I I think things to a bloody pulp and I need to uh, shut the fuck up. Um, but I, I also think that I would, I would err on the side of critical thought as opposed to, oh, this group, I can get with them. They're blue. Blue's my favorite color. That's cool. <laughs> Dude, yeah, <laughs> I, I get so frustrated. I, mean, I I've said there's a there's a few things that really grind my gears with my relationships towards people, people who don't like that I'm competitive, like who just genuinely like it bothers them a lot. Like that's, I feel like it, that makes it kind of hard sometimes for me to be friends with someone or for for me to like be in a really serious relationship with someone if like it bothers them that much. Mm-hmm. But when someone repeatedly tells me that I'm overthinking things, especially when I feel like that person acts very impulsively and could definitely use some more thinking on some things, I'm like, what, what does it really mean to overthink things? Uh, unless, like, there are, and, and I agree, there are times where I, I will admit I have outright overthought something and it has affected me in a negative way or affected someone else in a negative way. It can't happen. But I just feel like if you're going to choose between overthinking or not thinking enough, I feel like I'd, it's, it's going to benefit me more often to overthink things, to overplan things. So I think I'm going to continue doing what I have been doing. And uh, 
maybe I'll get a little bit better over time at the balance of it, but it's very annoying to me when people are just like, dude, you're just, you're just overthinking it, man. You're, you're putting too much thought into this. I'm like, am I really, though? Because I feel like if you actually look at my life and look how it's all kind of played out, my overthinking has definitely benefited me more than not. And most of the worst decisions I've ever made have been because I didn't overthink. Instead, I just did something really impulsive at the moment. That's my rant of the day. <clears throat> I, it's I've, just been something that's always pissed me off. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's that's another just generalization of just like, oh, this guy thinks about things, so he's automatically an overthinker. I think, uh, you know, I, I <clears throat> we want to jump to these rash conclusions without doing the digging ourselves of, of finding out where it might come from. Even your competitiveness, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, people don't have to necessarily agree with your philosophy on it, but... Uh, to say that it's just uh, entirely misdirected is, you know, you find motivation in some competitive things. So it's like, uh, who are you to cast, who, who is this other person to cast uh, judgment on how you can handle that? But I, I've been doing a lot of meditation and mindfulness uh, training stuff lately, um, just to kind of like balance out my head. And I was listening to, um, uh, or I watched this video on mindfulness. And one thing that I thought was a really good takeaway is they talked about thoughts and how um, uh, a typical like meditation exercise is to breathe in the good thoughts and breathe out the bad. But uh, the, the, um, the difficulty with that mindset is that you are admitting that some thoughts are good and some thoughts are bad. You're assigning judgment to these thoughts. And rather, uh, what we might need to work on is uh, being more accepting and acknowledging of thoughts that might come in. Um, and, you know, some thoughts aren't like if I if I just think, hey, I want to go to Japan, I don't necessarily have to listen to that thought. It's just a thought that comes into no, my you head. Ha- no, that, that thought specifically, you, ha- you have to listen to that thought. Okay, I got to get going then. Um, yeah, you, you have to go to Japan. My flight leaves. In- <laughs> <laughs> um, Look up flight times right now. I'll start looking them up too. Perfect. Uh, but I, uh, it talks about, it's like some thoughts might make you feel uncomfortable. So finding a way to, to build a framework that, uh, uses those quote-unquote bad thoughts. They're not really bad. They're just maybe they make you feel uncomfortable. It's different than other thoughts might that make you feel pleasurable. Um, uh, you, you just learn how to uh, redirect those thoughts in a positive manner. You know, maybe it's uh, something that makes you feel uncomfortable with your friend, and so you take in that thought, and then you try to redirect it into a place where, well, how can I put my friend in front of me in this situation and, and see their perspective or do this? And maybe you might find some comfort in that after confronting that thought. And the thing is, is a lot of this stuff that comes into our head, uh, just because you want to uh, ostracize some thoughts as bad thoughts and you know keep in thoughts as good thoughts, uh, a lot of times none of these go away they they stick around they 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 hover and linger and come up in in other ways in your life and so i think uh I, you know I, I got a little off topic here with this thought process but i just wanted to bring it up because i think that that's something that uh when we talk about uh, a healthy thought process and and critically thinking it's important not to uh 
not to judge ourselves from confronting thoughts that might make us feel uncomfortable. And that's part of the critical thinking process. It's part of the process where people will claim that it's overthinking, um, but it's not always the case. Well, let me ask you, since I get, people oftentimes tell me that I need to meditate. And in my opinion, I, I like, I consider my workouts to be meditation because I often do them alone. I listen to music sure. and I, I get in the zone. Uh, do you find anything to be specifically beneficial about doing like different types of meditation that maybe I've never like gone down the path of before? And like, what's different about it than just doing like what I just described with the workout? Well, so let me, uh, I guess just let me get a basis of, uh, what, what do you, what is meditation to you? Like what, what's your understanding of what it is? Finding a way to like, just focus on, pretty much just shutting down everything else and then just going into your mind for a, a certain amount of time to like organize your thoughts or just be more in your head than anywhere else. That's what I think of as meditation. So specifically what I do is guided meditation. So you have people speaking to you to help. They're basically the compass of your mind. So you do kind of get into this mental space where you allow yourself to escape into your mind. But a big part of it is not forgetting your surroundings and understanding that uh, it's not just your head because uh, a lot of your your thoughts are going to bring you outside of yourself. Like when I meditate, uh, there are multiple times in a meditation thing uh, where it'll tell me to focus on my breath and then I start thinking about um, how Carissa uh, Kovalenko in, in second grade didn't want to date me and I was pissed you know my, my mind will go to this place and uh, at sometimes the the guided meditation uh, instructor or whatever will be like if you have thoughts that bring you outside of what you're focusing on um, that's okay don't cast judgment on yourself for getting out of there or getting out of your your head um, let that happen acknowledge it and try to refocus and re-get back uh, into your headspace so I would even um, I would even argue that for sorry for someone like <laughs> you who uh, struggles with uh, ADD this might be a good way to even help you train yourself uh, to recenter and refocus um, I guess I don't know that there's any like statistics or research about meditation specifically with uh, people who have that but I know for me um, I, I just battle a lot of thoughts in general and so it's for guided meditation it's basically training me on how to navigate my thoughts it's my my compass through because when I just sit alone in my head I I'm just how I'm just harassed by all these different thoughts that come into my mind and then I might repeat the same thoughts over and over again but at different times and um, it'll keep me up at night or um, it might paralyze me from taking any action because I'm so active in my head that I like I, I physically can't I physically feel like I can't go anywhere I can't do anything and so uh, the reason I like really want to make this a priority is because if I can develop a better skill set to manage um manage the thoughts that come into my mind both letting go of uh, of my uh sometimes distraction um but also being able to recenter and refocus then i think that just in general um i'm going to be more equipped to handle situations where my head might get heavy or um situations where i'm susceptible to 
um, uh, thoughts that might lead me down a negative uh, j- just headspace in general. Um, so it's really just a training. It's like working out for specifically your mind and figuring out how to like develop good form. You know, if you think about working out specifically, you know, uh, maybe having a trainer is a good thing so you can learn how to specifically do movements that will maximize your potential lifting weights. So you have guided meditation. These are these trainers who are helping you develop the form to maximize your mental capacity. Hmm. I'm really busy for meditation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody likes it. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> I I've actually no, I, I think I, I I think it's something I shouldn't just like completely push out as like a no way possibility. I, I think the tough thing too for some people I hear this a lot is people are like yeah I did meditation it wasn't for me and I was like okay how many times did you do it? Okay, I tried it once I just couldn't get into it. It's like well that's what people always do. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's a very uh, that's a very human thing to do. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it uh, specifically when you talk about any sort of training within yourself, I think it's difficult to expect results after the first one. Um, in fact, I had, I don't know if I told you about this, but um, since I've been out of quarantine, I've been feeling a little better with just my overall just approach on some things. Um, it's been slowly but surely getting back to feeling motivated and um, I had this night where I had already eaten all the meals that I needed to eat that day. And I had this habit that I had created during quarantine of ordering food late at night. So it was like 1030 and I ordered a pizza. Um, I had already eaten all, eaten all the meals that I needed to eat that day. I wasn't even hungry, but I was just in the habit of doing this. And so I ordered the pizza and it was so weird. Like I, I completely attribute this to my meditation. I was able to, now I did order the pizza, but uh, after I ordered the pizza, I was able to step back into my head and be like, wait a second, you don't really want this. You don't need this. It was like I was able to refocus and recalibrate. And then when I got the pizza, I didn't eat it. It was, and that's not something that I'm like, usually I'm just like, I'm, there's this like uh, addiction to getting that food and just clobbering it right away. But I was able to not eat it, um, which is like a huge thing for me. Um, to be able to conquer. And I, I 100% attribute that to my recent work in the meditation space. No, that's a really great, like, powerful feeling. As I've gotten older, I've gotten better about, like, being less impulsive on things or, like, being able to recognize things like that where... Because I've had some of those moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going to reward myself with a pizza even though I don't need it right now or just, like, something along those lines and being able to actually think about it like once I can sort of dial down the emotion and just think more logically, which is something that something that's really changed about me over my like a, like as I've gotten later into my twenties versus early in my twenties is I'm an extremely emotional person. Like I I it's, I have no secret I'm emotionally charged on everything. I I feel a lot of anger. I feel a lot of happiness. I feel a lot of sadness. Like all my emotions are just pretty intense. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better at being able, and I don't, maybe this is, I'm assuming this is just something that we all go through, but I've found ways to be able to detach myself more from things where I might feel like, like my reactions to things now are like actually different than they were before, where before I might just immediately be very upset or do something really impulsive. It's like, well, I've got more information now and I don't, I just don't feel as emotional 
about every little thing that happens. I feel like I'm more able to like step outside of the situation and look at it from a logical standpoint. And it actually, it's actually saved me a lot of uh, a lot of hurt because I've just been able to process things a bit differently instead of just going immediately to being more like destructive. Like I used to be the kind of person before uh, where if I was sad about something, I would really just like stay in that sadness and just like keep finding everything possible to make myself more sad. The kind of person where if I went through a breakup, I like look through every photo of me with that person when, t- when times were happier as if it to just put this, make the situation like a, a greater uh, magnification of how I'm feeling and just kind of stay in that sadness. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that that's not a very healthy way of, of coping with things. And now I'm able to like shift gears and sort of just do this uh, detachment from things. And I think there's a lot of, uh, I think that's just part of like maturing in life is you get, you have more information, you handle things a bit differently. And it's weird. It's actually, it's one of those reasons why like I'm just, I'm interested to know. I haven't had a girlfriend in my like late twenties now that I'm in. I'm just like I'm almost just curious what that even looks like now in terms of just how I would approach things now versus when I had girlfriends when I was like in my like late teen years and stuff. Like just gonna be a it's a total different total different thing. Yeah, I well to to more specifically talk about the just how we handle emotions differently as we age, I I think you're absolutely right that experience uh, definitely uh, allows us to uh, recognize patterns and behaviors and, and possibly um, preemptively uh, go at stuff. I also think that you're an example of a person who has set up some really good habits for yourself and taking care of yourself. So it allows you to confront uh, some of the stuff a, a lot more with a lot more emotional maturation than I think a lot of people do. Like, like you said, like there are, there are people who kind of create their environment of misery um, and they're, they are just so used to that. And some people never get out of that. Um, I also think that there is uh, well, I don't think I, I know that there's research on your actual ability for your, your brain to filter through the, the hormones of that, that cause certain emotions. Uh, I don't know if it's technically it, it builds up a, a better tolerance or just the filtration system in general becomes better as you get older. But that's why like stuff that might happen to you when you're 28 will not feel as intense as stuff that happens to you when you're 18, uh, which is, it, it's a, it's a good thing, but it also is like, you wonder why they, you know, that the puppy love, you think about that as like, being so magical and so like oh i want that so bad i want that spark and all that stuff and it's like i once you get to a certain age uh some part of you uh loses that high of a ceiling to um to feel that emotionally just because your brain has like learned that hey we're acting this emotionally isn't uh realistic here you're you're making a bigger deal out of this than you need to um and I, I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I've thought a lot about this. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of like philosophical and uh, political debates uh, from people online. And um, this one guy has talked a lot about, um, I watched him with a psychiatrist through uh, a Twitch streaming platform. His name is Destiny with uh, Dr. K. They're both big Twitch streamers. But 
Um, I just listened to this Destiny guy speak, and he's he's very intelligent, and uh, he's to a lot of people very detached and um, cold. And um, what I think that I uh, not exclusively recognize, but recognize to a certain extent, is I I think that. Um, Emotions definitely, I think, do deter from your ability to uh, completely see things intellectually uh, because um, I, I think your emotions uh, bring more gray area into situations and, like, you want to feel things and you um, – and sometimes even derail you from what might be objectively the, the logical path to, to handle certain things. And so when I think about my life, like um, – you know, I think I'm like on it, like I'm of average intelligence, um, I guess. But I think that I probably could be more intelligent if I wasn't as emotional as I am. Because I think that my ability to just like hone in on like uh, learning information, gaining knowledge, or uh, tuning into things that I could retain and and then. Um, become wiser from I think sometimes I can't help but get in the way of myself uh, through my emotions which is uh, just something I've been thinking about a lot lately so I'm glad that we're talking about this well that's uh, that's something that I like using this podcast a lot of times just as a place to bring whatever thought pops into my head to the table and uh, that was something that it is weird. So I was in Ohio for the past week, right before we record. This is actually why we're recording this on a Monday and not on the weekend like we normally do. But, yeah, it's weird just because you and I always have this dialogue, this back and forth where we talk about all this type of stuff. And then usually it honestly kind of seems like over the course of the week, a lot of times that what we talk about sort of like makes it into the episode on the weekend. Yeah. But uh, like this one, I just I didn't really even know um, what was going to come up. But. What I, I will say is, Brandon and I have had, the last like couple of days, we've had a lot of like pretty just intense conversations just about like our communication from the whole, um, like the whole quarantine situation and just how everything has gotten derailed in our 2020 year. And it's sort of, um, I guess to put it transparently and hopefully Brandon, you don't mind me just mentioning it. Like it's been tough for both of us, even just doing the podcast and our friendship and just like any number of things. Like, I mean, our friendship has still been great. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to act like, Oh, Brandon, and I, we've been feuding all the time, but for anyone out there who is feeling like their relationships in their lives have taken a toll during all this, like, I, I totally feel you right now. And uh, Brandon and I were actually talking about that earlier. Like we both have gotten pretty heated on some cert on just certain things over the last couple of days. And I have no doubt that part of it is just the circumstances in which we are placed right now where there's been a lot of, like we've, there's just been a lot of unrest and anyone who is used to having a routine you've we've all had our routines taken away from us like it is a new normal the basic routines are not there and it's been kind of tough because brandon and i we normally would talk around the same times every day uh, we always have like a really steady flow of communication but we haven't had that recently and that can be that can be like a really tough thing on any relationship that you have 
with any type of a person. And I know that I'm very happy to be back in Chicago and knowing that we've opened up quite a bit to just be able to have that little bit of a sense of normalcy on that day-to-day routine and to get our communication back in order so we can like talk about I don't know just like what's going on in our individual lives and just continue to expand what we're doing like with the podcast itself because I think at this point in 2020, I kind of had this vision in my head that we would be doing these podcasts like in person and we'd have a guest every other week and my apartment would be like all decked out and, you know, it doesn't look like that here today. And it, it really does feel like this is a situation of taking a few steps backwards to hopefully take a few steps forward and hopefully because we've had to go through this together, like just all of us have had to go through this together. I really do hoping, or I really am hoping that there's um, there's sort of a, a sense of f- just learning more about ourselves. And a, a big takeaway that I have had is just how important it is when you have a creative project to keep a steady communication. Because anyone you do creative stuff with, that's not only like your creative partner, but you're probably really, really good friends with them too. I'm going to guess if you actually went out of your way to start a podcast like Brandon and I. So I, I just, I wanted to mention that because I, I do feel like it's nice to talk about things as transparently as I can on these platforms. Like it's, it's not only cool to go back and listen to just to remember, like, Oh yeah, I remember having those thoughts, but you know, it's also just like, I think it makes, me feel better about a podcast that that accurately represents what is going on yeah i i, I do think that honesty is important i i i know i'm getting like <laughs> sort of existential on a lot of these topics but i've thought about uh the concept of how honest should you be uh for instance like with your kids like as a parent uh because i think one of the things that has hurt me in life is um uh you know, one of the, one of my arguments for the, the, uh, why I believe that white privilege is a thing is when I see some of the stuff that happen happens in the news, I'm like shocked that that could even be a thing. And, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, for instance, indigenous people who had their land completely taken from them, they're like, well, how are you shocked? This has been happening for a long time. Um, but, uh, to, to bring that more specifically into this context, I think, um, I, I think I'm, I'm doubling down on the idea of, of that honesty being important. Um, you, you know, we might not, you know, those listening or even us when we have our communication, uh, we might not know necessarily how to process it, but I think the general rule of thumb is, is having that communication, uh, at least puts it on the table where we are able to attempt processing it. You know, if you, if you try to protect somebody's feelings from something or, um, you, you know, oh, mommy and daddy, you're okay. And then all of a sudden they get divorced. It's like, uh, you're, is the world even real? Like I can't trust anything, you know? Uh, so I, I appreciate that about, you know, our, not only our friendship, but yeah, the podcast is like, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, I've both Stephen and I have, uh, gone through our own individual things and then, uh, subsequently some, some things together you know this is uncharted territory for 
us as well. You know, this is a, 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 a place in history that we've never had to deal with before. Um, and I think that uh, the beautiful thing about adversity is the ability to grow um, grow once you survive it is the you know when we talk about uh, our experiences becoming a way to uh, maybe be less emotional about things whatever like you know Stephen and I are going to walk away from certain situations with each other and be like okay maybe I didn't handle things right here or maybe I didn't see it here um, I can understand what they're saying like all these different aspects that uh, lead to these shared experiences or even individual experiences that ultimately um, uh, help in the path of, of self-growth. And I um, I don't think that you need to fear that. I mean, if you do fear it, you can't invalidate your feelings. You can't judge yourself for it. But ultimately, uh, I think it's if you can... Uh, set yourself up with a basis of, uh, you know, whatever adversity I have, uh, it's going to help me become, uh, a little more knowledgeable, wise, uh, a little more, uh, uh, equipped to handle different situations because I have gone through this. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm again, speaking in a very broad sense. I think there are probably some situations that are <laughs> a little more difficult to come back from, but, uh, you know, in, in the specific context of, you know, Stephen and I's struggles or any, uh, you know, th- those of you who are listening, you might feel the same way. Like, uh, I just hope that you're able to confront it and uh, um, grow from whatever experience that you're that you're having. I uh, one one other thing, I guess, to not to uh, get too off topic, but I actually started reading this book that when I was seeing a therapist in Rochester, she suggested I read, but I didn't start reading it till this past week. Uh, it's called the four agreements and an interesting concept. I think to keep in mind is uh, like understanding the uniqueness of being a person is when you think of anything in existence, you know, there might be an action and then an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, you know, we, we can, we can frame this in the idea of justice. Like, you know, if, uh, if um, a deer wanders into a wolf den, they, they get the consequence of that those wolves taking it down or something. You know, the, and that's that immediate justice for that wrongdoing. Um, this is a very specific, weird example, but I'm just kind of trying to provide a context for nature. But when you think about being human, um, the difference is we have incredibly strong memories and we have incredibly... Um, many times intense feelings that can stick with us and we can struggle to let go of. And so, whereas in other circumstances in nature, uh, you know, you get that immediate justice and then it's over with, you know, you might have experienced something that you carry with you for the rest of your life and you keep remembering it and it changes your stuff. So it's, it's not always going to be easy to deal with this stuff and just recognize that uh, that's one of the complexities of of being human but it is also part of what makes us uh unique and and um and powerful um so it's just uh i don't know i i've had a lot of thoughts lately so (laughs) i didn't get them all out i guess no it's this is the place to get all out everything must go that will always be the name of the show just so you know 
Doesn't matter where we flow. Go. Oh. Flow. Doesn't matter how we flow. But it does matter how we flow a little bit because sometimes these episodes get really choppy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes they're incredible. Overall, mostly incredible, but some some portions of the show. Right into the show. So give us your top ten incredible episodes. Uh <laughs> And then your your top ten most choppy episodes. That would be so difficult to figure out most top ten most choppy episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know, I don't even honestly know how I would interpret that enough to actually like line that up. Let's let's contact Watch Mojo see if they want to do it. <laughs> Watch Mojo. Yeah. Those. Are, do you watch that channel ever? I do. Uh, for some reason, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Like I, yeah, I'll get too. caught up in like these lists that are just like arbitrary, <laughs> and but I'll just like, I'll go down the rabbit hole of like, best ten Bioshock moments. That's interesting. I've never played that game, but I yeah, know <laughs> yeah, dude, I do that same thing. Well, it's fun. Part of the reason why I actually mention this is because I love numbers. I love like making lists, and I've been thinking a lot lately how I want to start doing more of these, like doing my top ten this and. Uh, like giving scores or something, and I have no idea what to do it on. So well, maybe I need to watch some Watch Mojo for some inspiration. I specifically think that would be a really good idea for you in terms of uh, overall like um, draw. Because if we talk about people's uh, a desire for things to be simplified, I think that's one of the beauties of lists. Is like, okay, I, I get his overall concepts of things, but what's the list? What's the top ten? Yeah, list? yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I've been I've been thinking about, and and maybe it won't even be Chicago theme because I mean, to be honest, some of this stuff is is kind of like a lot of the simple ones that you think I would do like top ten favorite uh, like bars in the city or something. Like those are kind of hard for me. Like I don't really have, I don't really have like I, off the top of my head, I couldn't name like ten bars I even regularly go to enough. Like, it would be kind of a tough thing to do that. And and pretty much because I am sort of against simplifying things for no reason, like, when it doesn't, it doesn't need simplification, but we try so hard to make it happen, I think I've been a little reluctant. But you can see, as an example, I did make a top ten Disney World rides. And I am really proud of, like, how that list uh, came out originally. And I've definitely thought about remaking that because that video is pretty terrible now in hindsight because it's one of my first videos on my channel. And I would I'd change it now if I were to do it again. But I've thought about going back and doing that video again because I could, that was something I did feel like I could do a top 10 on. So if anyone ever does want to hear a specific top 10, you, you can throw it my way. But I'm ultimately, I just don't know. I will say. I don't know what I'm going to come up with. I have one. I, I'm a little biased on the idea of you redoing that video because it might have one of my favorite comments from <laughs> people just like absolutely pissed about how you characterize some right? <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing people so fired up about these rides of, uh, I can't even remember what the comment was, but this one guy just went off about uh, <laughs> some of your points of view. And it's like, wow, you're this passionate <laughs> oh, yeah, about these yeah. rides, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know you're talking about now. Actually, that one wasn't even, I don't think you, I think it was on my, uh, I, I went to Kennywood. I think it was on that oh, one. Oh, yeah, that, that might be. I think it was one of the rides specifically at Kennywood. He was very upset. I don't even know if that video is like a public video on my channel anymore. 
I don't think it is. And like someone was so mad that I made a video where I just went to Kennywood and vlogged it and they didn't like my reactions about one of the rides. They were like just disgusted in how I reacted. So people will get upset and uh, I get, I definitely get some, you know, as much as I feel like I get a lot of negative comments on YouTube, I actually have like really good ratios of things. So I can only imagine that's some of the stuff that people see. Like, lately, I, I've been getting, like, like almost all likes on my videos. Every once in a while, though, I come up with something that people just hate. <laughs> and they love telling me how much I'm wrong about things. But that's something. Like, I don't get a ton of comments on my YouTube videos. Like, that's something I really need to work on. So I'm just trying to figure out maybe I need to cause a little more controversy, get a little people to uh, start talking a little bit more, even though I, uh, I kind of refuse to become like this like clickbaity channel. So mm -hmm. who knows how I'll end up doing it. Dude, just sell out. I'm just going to become a sellout. That, that, that could be that Just could be start the next covering Mumford & Sons songs. <laughs> I'm going to start reviewing music that I clearly would never actually like or listen to. Honestly, that would probably become successful. Uh, people would be like, this guy's a fucking idiot, and you would get all these views of people being pissed. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I, the best thing I should do is, oh my gosh, I just thought of a hilarious idea. I should review things I've never seen or heard. <laughs> it would be so frustrating for some people. I'd be like, yeah, I just really don't like the beat in this song. It just it's just not for me. And the lyrics just like very just generic opinions. It's like an instrumental really song and you're like the lyrics just don't do it for me. <laughs> and everyone in the comments is like, Did this guy even listen to this song? <laughs> Maybe I'll start I'll start like a separate YouTube channel where I play this persona. Dude, I who just doesn't get how life works. I'm just like envisioning like you you, you take a movie, you're like big fish. There are way too many fish in this, and honestly, they're all way too big. I I just think, like, how realistic is it to have this big of fish and, and this amount of uh, vastness in, in, a, in a lake? I just don't think that it's, it's real. <laughs> People are like, what? It's actually, like, a really <laughs> You're like, what? There's, like, one scene with the fish. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, like, it's so clear I do no research on any of this stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is just bogus. Yeah, I like this idea, actually, a lot. Dude. Could be the, we could figured be the it move, out. Could honestly. be the move, dude. Could be the move because maybe that's I'm getting growth, but not enough. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what we we start a new comedy channel, and that's one of the video type of videos that we do. So we do these like outrageous takes on uh, on stuff that we have no. Actually, one of my favorite moments is one of my buddies. Um, we were like sitting playing video games and. A buddy of mine was like, dude, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, abs that those new movies sucked. And I was like, oh, yeah, did you see him? He's like, well, no. <laughs> I was like, well, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> People do it, though. Dude. People like th That's why it's like not even that crazy for me to do this. <laughs> right. Well, that's what happened with the new The Last of Us 2 game is uh, before it had even come out, people saw like some story leaks and like, this game sucks. No one had even played the game yet. <laughs> Just immediately everyone yeah, no jumped surprise. on it. Um, but yeah. Do you want to do the Spotify segment? That's what I was thinking. I, I think this is time for Spotify. Boo -doo, boo -boo -boo, Spotify. <laughs> what do you think? All right, Brandon. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious on this one. 
So let's. Uh, you want me to go first? Who, who do you think should start this one? Should, I, I mean, you're anxious. I think we should build up the the uh, yeah, anticipation. Well, so you go first. So it's the song that I gave you, and then I'll. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right on this. So. So I, uh, if you've never listened to our Spotify segment before, this is basically a, a segment in which I pick a song for Brandon to listen to, Brandon picks a song for me to listen to, and we just talk about our, our reaction to the songs. We always pick songs that neither of us has ever listened to before, and part of the reason that we do this is because we both love music, but we both have very different musical tastes. Like We obviously have some overlap. But I would say that the vast majority of the music that we listen to is uh, not within the same genres at all. So it's kind of a way for us to learn th- like different types of music that maybe we wouldn't be exposed to any other way. So uh, that being said, this is a great example because this Time Flies by uh, Dempsey Hope. I've never heard this song before. I've never heard of this song before, and I've never heard of... Dempsey Hope before. So this entire thing was completely new to me. Uh, what stood out to me about the song, one of the first things that stood out to me about the song is like, I didn't know like when it came out. I, I didn't look at that, but they mentioned like 2018 in this song. Uh, and I think they mentioned 2020 in this song too. Yep. So I'm like, this must be like a pretty new song. It literally just came um, out, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, this must be a pretty new song, which is fitting because last time I gave Brandon a brand new song to listen to. So yeah, definitely a new song. And... Not, definitely not in my wheelhouse um, in terms of just like this sort of like vocal style and the way this song is. It's kind of like, it's kind of a, like it's very like more of like an upbeat kind of sounding song. I don't know what, even what genre I would categorize this song in because it's got a kind of like a mid-tempo-y thing going on. How's the song make me feel? Uh, it's a song that I would like to listen to like several times over again because you can tell it's a very like a lyrical driven song and once again i actually didn't look up the lyrics on this one because i was just trying to like piece it together uh, i know it's it's about a relationship of some kind brandon even told me that actually after i listened to it but um i kind of like the songs where the lyrics are sort of or I guess the vocals are sort of at the forefront and the lyrics are clearly a very important part of the song. Not to say that lyrics are ever just like unimportant, but with certain songs, they sort of have more like a sing-along vibe to it. And this is definitely one that just from the get-go, the lyrics come in immediately and it's got that sort of sing-along thing going on. Um, So that's basically how I would describe how it made me feel. And then would I give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, or somewhere in between? Uh, I would give this one a somewhere in between. It was definitely not a song that I would have ever found. And it's definitely a song that, because it's really different than most songs I'd listen to, it's hard for me to just immediately be like, wow, I, w- I, I would listen to this song like a bunch of times. That being said, this is definitely another one of those songs that you have sent to me that I will listen to again because... It is catchy, and I am intrigued to like look through the lyrics and try to get more meaning behind it. Yeah, just some context. Uh, it, I found this guy on um, TikTok. I really enjoy his voice. He's got kind of an R&B, soulful voice. I would describe this song as, uh, I mean, with with a lot of the like pop music now, it's got these, it's very produced. It's like uh, electronic synth pop-esque um, but he's got that kind of R&B flair to his voice. Um, 
one of my favorite aspects uh, of the song is, um, you know, you got your typical like pop, you know, v- verse or, you know, it starts out the chorus, then verse, then chorus. Uh, but then in the second verse, um, there's a part where his voice gets very distorted and he uh, is singing, so this is goodbye. And he's like getting really intense with it. And uh, that's a dynamic shift that I don't think that you see in a lot of uh, pop music and uh, something I really respect about the song. Like one of the things that I always, well, my tendency was when I was writing uh, music very consistently was uh, getting to a place where I could bring things to the next level. Um, and I think that that's what that part of the song does. And, uh, I really appreciate about it, but overall, this is one of those like catchy melodies. I enjoy the vocals. I enjoy the lyrics. Uh, so it, it's uh, something up my wheel, my wheelhouse. Um, so the song that, uh, Steven had me listen to is batter up by brand new. Um, what stood out to you about the song? Um, just the overall vibe like felt really relevant to just i feel like how i was feeling it just it's just like uh it just has this like introspective like thoughtful vibe uh, like it makes you want to really listen to the lyrics and and think through what he has to say and and feel whatever experience he's trying to convey to you um it's one of my favorite thing about songwriters is being able to capture this type of ambiance um these are the songs that absolutely grab me is when i get into these this place and i just want to listen to what they have to say and and see what what little life nuggets i can pull from uh their situations um you know so when another i guess more specific thing is uh one of my favorite things throughout songwriting specifically lyrically is when they take uh, sort of a phrase or um, an idea and they, they turn it into somewhat of a metaphor to describe the situation in this song called Batter Up. Um, I think that it's it's got this uh, approach of like, let's go. It's, it's time to get going. I, you know, I, I need to listen to it more to really understand the meaning of it, but just that those two words um, are really powerful to me when I hear him get to that. Um, and I think that there's like a, I get the sense that there's a very serious meaning behind what he's trying to convey. Um, how does the song make you feel? Uh, I guess I kind of answered this question already, but uh, you know, introspective and and um, uh, I guess just overall within myself, um, it makes me want to examine myself through the lyrics and and see what I what I could learn from this other person's point of view or whatever. Um, and you know, for situations like this, it's, it's not that like, I thought he had like the best voice ever, but, uh, this is kind of the thing with me is as much as I, I love good vocals and stuff. If you're able to capture me in this sort of atmospheric tone, um, I care a lot less about that. Um, and I would even argue that sometimes, uh, the music and the lyrics means more to me than the vocals when you're able to do that. Um, so I, I appreciate that. He, he kind of remind me this song, his vocals. I don't know if you're familiar with the band, the national, are you familiar with that band? I've heard of him before, but I don't know if I know their music. He, he's almost like talk talky singing. It's not like this 
super melodic singing. It's just like I, he's presenting very powerful and meaningful lyrics to you uh, in a very digestible manner where it's not like, well, I got to figure out what that word was in, in this like up and down uh, melodic tone and what whatnot. So I, I really appreciated that about this. I've actually thought a lot about when I come, when I start writing songs that are a little more existential, having moments like this where I kind of break away from uh, the, the vocalist aspect of me and just like talk at the listener, talk at the audience and, and say what's on my mind um, or whatever it is I'm trying to convey. Would you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, or somewhere in between? I'd give it a thumbs up. I actually added this to my, I have a separate playlist called Feeling It, um, and I fill it up with new songs that I find that um, I'm really like vibing with. Um, this is the first time I've ever done that with uh, one of the songs that you suggested, um, and I'm like really excited actually to to break it down a little more for myself. Uh, so I, I highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, as well so thank you for uh sending that one along 100 percent. yeah so uh, the background on this is well brand new is like probably a top 10 favorite band of mine like it's relatively high up on the list and what's different about them than a lot of other bands that i like is they're definitely not like the most like intense like instrumental like they're actually sort of the opposite of a lot of other bands i listen to that are very like like these huge instrumental leanings uh, bands where their drums are very simple, uh, their guitars are very simple, but what really sells me on this band is their songs are very emotional despite all this. Like they really, like you really get pulled in. The The lead singer is an amazing lyricist. Like he's known for being an amazing lyricist. Um, they're really good at just writing like complete albums where I could listen to from beginning to end. And right around the time that I met Brandon, they had an album called The Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me, which was like an album I listened to a whole bunch right around then. And this is actually a newer song by them. This is like just two years ago. But I picked this song in particular because one, this album is really good. And this is the last final track on it. And the first time I heard this song, it just really hit close to home. Like it just, it's a very sad song. You just feel sad when you listen to it but um i don't know it just it felt like the song to show you as like the first introduction to them because it's it's kind of like it's not one of their most famous songs by any by any means but it's one of my personal favorites by them and it's been a song i've enjoyed a lot over the last couple of years it definitely makes me want to check out their catalog more um you know lyrically i was really impressed like listen listen to this opening verse here in the valley of your slowly fading memory all the pastures bathed in sun and sunlight where you won't graze, paths you won't take. Like, that's just beautiful. That's so poetic and uh, makes you just want to examine things more. Like, it's, I was hooked right away when I started listening to the song. And it's like an eight, eight and a half minute song, too. So I have, like, um, with those songs, it's really nice to just, like, you have so much to digest and you get to take your time with it and, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to listening to that one and also possibly exploring their other stuff because if there's any aspect that I can take away from this song to, to their other stuff, I would definitely be interested in, in hearing. And then we'll have another band. We'll have the a big three. Mike, Kim, <laughs> Taking Back Sunday, Brand New. Huh? Well, what, what's funny, too, about Brand New is I've mentioned before that 
technically the lead singer of Brand New was in Taking Back Sunday before they ever, I don't even know if they ever, ever even released an album with him in the band, oh. but it's so weird. It's so weird that like he was literally in that band and there's a Taking Back Sunday song that's actually about the lead singer of Brand New. Is it a bitterness song? Yes. It's actually a really, there was like, there was like a member of Taking Back Sunday who like slept with the lead singer of Brand New's girlfriend at the time and so he wrote an angry song about him and then they wrote an angry song back about him and it's pretty it's pretty interesting but it's it's weird how he went on to make a band that became like just as successful as taking back sunday yeah jeez uh all right anything else you want to talk about before we uh send her off uh, no, just well, actually, yes, actually, in this case, just you're pulling quick. a me uh, now, or I know, no, I know. As yes. soon as I said it, I was like, wait, actually, yeah, there's one thing I wanted to say. I am back from Ohio now, so my uh, my schedule should be pretty much back to normal. Doing my uh, my video releases, me doing live streams and stuff like that. So thank you for everybody who uh, gave me a little bit of that uh, that break because it was kind of nice to decompress a little bit and. I still released two YouTube videos, but it was nice to actually step away from live streams for a little bit. And then my first live stream back was really exciting to have so many people there again supporting what I was doing. So I was pretty pumped on that, and I really pumped to finally start up doing some vlogging again with Brandon. So soon enough, <laughs> soon enough, it'll be a uh, regular occurring thing. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that as well. All right. Awesome. Well, sorry <laughs> for having these technical difficulties. Those of you who were on the live stream and then um, obviously got booted and we weren't able to get back on there. We, we apologize. Thank you for those of you who did tune in. Um, but for those of you who are listening, I apologize <laughs> for the issues. I'm having uh, internet connection issues uh, and uh, caused a little bit of a... Um, uneasy recording night but you know like like we said everything must go we got to be resilient we got to handle the odds and we did it we got through it thank you for listening if you want to email us emgpod at gmail.com or hit us up on our social media um twitter instagram uh it's at emgpod steven is at steven russell b i am at brandon j flippin uh and as always we do have a voicemail that you can call in I'll leave a message and we can play on air. Uh, phone number is 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Holding on to 